Hello everyone, welcome to the Journey Through Sonship Podcast. I am Calvin Calhoun Jr. And today we want to talk about life at the table. Life at the table. When we look at communion, communion is one of the sacred things that the Lord does tell us to observe. But a lot of times when the Lord tells us to do things, there are eternal principles and an eternal purpose to why he's telling us to do it. And if we miss these eternal principles and purposes to why God tells us to do things, we miss the heart of God to why we do anything. Okay, for so many people, communion has become very religious um, amongst the sons. For some people, it's a quota. I got to make sure at least I take communion every every first Sunday or every second or third Sunday or whatever it is. And let me tell you something. It, the, you meeting some quota means nothing to God. Nothing. Because your, if your heart ain't right, if your heart ain't right, means nothing to God. So we have to stop looking at communion as something we check off the list as if it pleases God. No, there's a relational and eternal purpose to communion that I want to talk with you about. Not for a very long time. But I pray we change our mindset because much like fasting. Fasting has become religious. We know that we're coming up on Lent season. And we know everybody's going to get ready to fast for the 40 days. They're just going to say they're going to stop cussing, stop eating sweets. Something just really... <laughs> insignificant stuff that really comes down to self-control and they go on this diet for 40 days and 40 nights and say you know i observed lent god should be happy for me he says no you you fast for strife and debate you you want to be heard on high but your heart towards the fast is wrong and so we miss the eternal purpose of the fast because the really the eternal purpose of fasting is that we can commune and hear God more clearly. We can build up our relationship, strengthen our relationship with Holy Spirit that we may hear the voice of our Heavenly Father, especially when we're out of control, especially when we're out of whack and we have all these voices in our head. Fasting is a wonderful way how to silence the voice so you can know the voice of your Heavenly Father. But communion has an eternal purpose also. All right. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, uh, Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth concerning communion. And he's talking about what? He goes through what Jesus said. Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same manner he also took the cup which he had supped. Saying this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Then the very next scripture verse 26 says this. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. He said as often as you did. He didn't say you had to do it every so many Sundays or every so many Wednesdays or whatever. He says as often as you do it, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. But then Paul goes into a very unique aspect of communion that we really don't pay attention to. But what I want to do is I want to take us back to the Last Supper, Matthew 26, okay? Jesus, while he is breaking the bread and drinking the wine, do you notice Jesus does something also at the Last Supper? First of all, most of all, really, he discerns the intents and the heart of the disciples. 
He told him that one of you was going to betray me. And we know that would be Judas. He also said when he was in fellowship with them and they would go to the Mount Olives that what? That you would be scattered like sheep when the shepherd is smitten. He also would tell them what? He would also tell Peter that you were going to deny me three times after the, uh, after the cock crew when Peter said that he was not going to deny him. But those things actually happened. Judas betrayed Jesus. The rest of the disciples were scattered. And Peter denied Jesus three times after the cock crew. He discerned the hearts of his disciples when they came together around the table. When we, listen to me. Acts chapter 2, 41 42 says what? And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. But I want you to focus in on the fellowship part. Because when we tend to come together and we think about fellowship, we're thinking about eating dinner, having a good meal, joking it up, having a good time. But the fellowship that God is speaking about, that's a pillar of the kingdom culture, is a fellowship of the spirit. Knowing and understanding how we're arranged, but how we're to have a fellowship one with another, spirit to spirit. How we're to have fellowship with Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, which is to, who is to lead us and guide us into all truth. And make known the things that Christ has given to him and make them known to us. That fellowship of the spirit. Now. Bring that fast forward that to communion. Let me show you what Paul said. First, he says, verse 28, but let a man examine himself. So let him eat that bread and drink of that cup. One of the things he tells us to do is to examine ourselves before we eat that bread and drink that cup. We need to make sure that we're not partaking and living and partaking from the doctrine, from the table of the devil and the table of the Lord. You can't do both. That's being unworthy. You need to examine yourself. If there's something within you that's not right, you need to what? Repent and ask for forgiveness for it. That's why he says examine yourself. And you'll see why I said all of that as we keep reading. He says, for he that eateth and drinketh, verse 29, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Wait a minute. Not discerning the Lord's body. So in other words, when we come together and fellowship and take communion and break the bread, drink the wine, he says there should be a discerning of the Lord's body. Did Jesus discern his body? Yes, he did. The disciples represented his body. He discerned their hearts. So we're called to discern the body when we come together and break the bread and drink the wine. But for so many of us, when we do this, we have we're, we're dressed in, in white. I'm, I'm good. I'm all the apparel stuff. OK, fine. Have at it. You know, 
Uh, but we give give everybody the bread. We give everybody the wine. We may say a little speech or say a little little message here, and then we'll go through what Jesus said, drink the wine, and then everybody goes home. That's what happens for many people when it comes to communion. But we miss the eternal purpose of communion when there should be a fellowship of the spirit and a discerning of the body. Why are we called to discern the body when it comes to coming together and breaking the bread and drinking the wine? Paul tells us why. Let's read verse number 29 and run into verse 30. It says this, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body for this cause. For this cause. I'm going to say it again. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause. For this reason. We're still talking about breaking the bread. Drinking the wine. And coming together in a fellowship of the spirit. There should be a discerning of the Lord's body. But when you don't discern the Lord's body. There are many that stay weak. And sickly among you and many sleep. What's the many that sleep? They're not talking about doing this. No, they're not talking about sleeping. They're talking about they're dead. They're dead. But know what? When they come together, when you come together and eat the bread and drink the wine, he says you should be discerned the Lord's body. And as a leader and a caretaker of God's heritage, when we come together, we should be discerning the sons that have been put under our care. But he says when you don't do that, many remain weak and sickly among you. Some even remain dead. Because the body is not being discerned. That's why he tells us to examine ourselves. But how about this? For if we would judge ourselves, verse 31 we should not be judged. Judge ourselves? What? Examine ourselves? Realize where we're not right? Realize where we are, may have may committed sin against God or we've offended somebody? He says, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. We're still talking about around this table. He says, wherefore, my brethren, this is the end of the matter. When you come together to eat. He's still talking about communion. When you come together to eat. Tarry one for another. Do you see it? That's the life around the table. That's what Jesus was showing us. It's when there's a fellowship of the spirit. The Bible says that the word of God is quick. It's powerful, sharpening any two-edged sword, divided bone, dividing bone from marrow, soul from spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There needs to be a discerning of the sons of God because the sons of God are the body of Christ. It's the Lord's body. We're not talking about his 
physical body or his physical blood. Though some sects of quote unquote the faith actually say yes this is the real body. No. No we're not cannibals. No. When we come together. We're called to discern the Lord's body and see who is weak and sickly and what? James tells us to do what? Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Call for the elders. Let them anoint their heads with oil that the, that the, the sick may be healed. Confess your faults one to another and tear one for another and pray that they may be what? Healed. The fervent and effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Call for the elders. But you got to be able to see that. You got to be able to discern. But if we just come together to do communion just for the heck of doing communion and not discern the Lord's body, there are many that still among us that are weak, sickly, and are dead. I told you. And I tell this. You, it's, it's just not a Wednesday-Sunday relationship. There are songs amongst our households, local sons in our local churches that are struggling and dealing with things that require a personal touch, a personal relationship. We're, we're held accountable for the sons that are under our care. The Lord says right here, and Paul's saying what? you got to what? Discern the body. You got to see who's weak and sickly among you. Those who might be dead. Because at that moment, let me tell you something. Communion would take on a service all to itself. When, when you start beginning to prophesy and speak to those, those and strengthen those who are weak. Or who, those who are weak, I apologize. Those who are weak. Help heal the sick. What else? Give life to those who are dead. What about that? What about doing that during communion? We can choose to do one or two things. We can either choose to continue to be religious or we can be relational. Everything that the Lord has told us to observe has a relational, eternal relational component to it. Even when it comes down to those of us who even wash feet. Okay. That's not meant to be religious. It's meant to be relational to show that if the Lord will wash our feet, then we shall wash each other's. We should serve one another. He said those who desire to be chief of all must be what? Servant of all. See, that's the eternal purpose. You can wash all the feet you want and still be a two-time child of hell. But why do we wash feet? What's the eternal purpose and reason for doing it? It's to acknowledge servanthood. The way that we're called to serve as the sons of God. And if the leader of the house washes feet and shows it's an example to how we're called to serve others. See, that's the relational component to it. But if we just want to wash feet to say we wash feet, that. 
you're, you're, there's no quota in heaven for that. There's just not. Because it's our heart that God looks at. It's our heart. And when we come together, let us come together and let there be a fellowshipping of the spirit. That we not just eat the bread and drink the wine to say that we did it. But that we truly desire to discern the sons of our house. That we're able to see their conditions and understand and allow Holy Spirit to show us those who are weak. Those who are sick. Those who may be dead in their trespasses. That they may be what? Healed. That they may be what? Strengthened. That they may come alive and be resurrected. That's what communion should really be about. A discerning of the Lord's body. So I pray that this message has given you something extra to think about when you get ready to do communion the next time. And I pray for you as a leader. I pray that this message has given you something to think about. That Lord show me this local house. Show me the sons that I care Show me those who really need prayer, those who need the word to strengthen them. Show me those who are dead in their trespasses that need to have your spirit resurrect their soul. Because some people come in just to, you know, they think they're just going to meet a quota. No. This is life. Eternal life. Eternal principles. Relational principles God don't want your religion he don't want you being religious you are his son he is your heavenly father that's the relationship and that is what he wants and the sons that will be obedient to that relationship and live from that relationship shall receive the hidden manna they shall receive the crown of glory they shall be faithful even unto death. He says, you'll also sit with me in my father's throne. And I'll give you grace to rule over the nations. If that's what you want from the Lord, then we have to grow up and we have to deal with the issues that we have within our local households. But we can't do it unless we're able to discern. We must be able to discern. And then when we're able to discern and see those who are struggling those aspects. Then guess what? There's times that we're going to have some personal one-on-one -on -one time to help you deal with that. Because not everything can be dealt with on a corporate level. Everything can't be done amongst the whole entire congregation. Some things got to be dealt with in private. Because some sons are dealing with really serious issues that they don't really want amongst the other brothers and sisters of the house. And we should respect that. And we should respect that. So I urge each and every one of you to look beyond the bread and the wine only, but also experience the life that is called to be at the table where Holy Spirit discerns amongst the sons and able to show us the condition of those under our care that we are able to assist them and help them and mature them in the ways of Christ. So may God bless you till we meet again on the Journey Through Sonship podcast.